welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. When it comes to Christianity, hope is everything. Uh, hope is fundamental. What, any Christianity without hope of what God will do and what God is about to do and is coming cannot be an effective Christianity. No, it, no Christian life can thrive outside of hope. That's why Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I think verse 17 or verse 19, says that if it's on, only on this earth we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. We are of all men. And 1 Peter chapter 3, chapter 1, verse 13 talks about hope to the end. Set your hope to the end. Uh, uh, hope to the end. You have to hope. We, it says in, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse um, 16, 17, particularly 18, no, 18, 19, 20. He said, which hope enters into the veil, which is like an anchor, okay? Which hope we have as an anchor, an anchor of the, for the, of the soul, both steadfast and, watch this, and which enters within the veil, where Christ, the forerunner, uh, forerunner has, verse 20, has entered for us. Our high priest, forerunner, has entered. Jesus made a high priest. So he's gone and we, our hope goes beyond just the physical. So he said that when he appears, you, the chief shepherd, uh, you, sorry, the shepherd, you shall receive a crown, crown of glory, a crown of glory that does not fade away. Then after I t- spoke to them and encouraged them to do the work, keeping their eye on the coming of Christ and the reward that Christ is going to bring, then it goes on to the verse 5. Then he said, likewise, or in the same way, in the same way, you younger people submit. He then drops in this word again, submit now. Submit yourselves to your elders. That's a very interesting word. Look, the New International Version. He said, young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. Now, I need you to understand that in the King James, when he says that, um, likewise, younger one, submit yourself to the submit yourself to the elder. This elder is different from verse one elders. Okay, this elder, the elders here is different from the elder in verse five. The elders here, Pastor, what's the meaning? I'm glad you want to know. And I'm also happy I'm going to tell you. <laughs> What's the difference? That, that the elders in chapter, uh, sorry, verse 1, as I've always reiterated, is the leadership emphasized and emphasized the leaders. Verse 5 is not necessarily the leaders. It's talking about someone who is advanced in age. So an older person. That's why the NIV uses Older person, New Living Translation. Let's hear how I put it. In the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders. So, New Living Translation uses it like the way it has been used, but in actual fact, it is older ones. The older ones, those who are older. So that 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 that, that makes it, makes it necessary to pause and throw a little bit more light light on relationship within the church. Relationship within the church 
Young people must know they need the old people. The old people must know they need the young people. God has always worked across generations, the young and the old. Mary was young, Elizabeth was old. It took a young generation to help Samson avenge his eyes on his enemies. Samson was old. He was an elderly one or older one. But Bible said there was a younger child he saw. He said, can you help me? Sometimes the older ones, you need the strength of the, strength of the young ones to help you put your hands on the, on the right stuff. He says that there's something said to the lad who held, uh, who held him by the hand. Let me feel the pillars which uh, support the temple. Now, the lad there means the young boy, the young child. Something said to the young, the young servant. Young people are needed for every move of God. And guess what? So are old people or elderly, mature people needed. Because we need the strength of the young and the wisdom and the experience of the old. It is necessary for every generation. When the young gets detached and disconnected from the old, the generation will definitely go to be in pain. Because the older people cannot pass on their their wisdom, their expertise, and their experience to the young people who end up making more, much more terrible mistakes than the older ones have made and ruin a whole gen generation. A whole generation will be ruined if the younger people are not being taught by those who are experienced. How many can be some of those pop singers and pop stars? One, 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 one. But a whole generation sometimes modeling. And sometimes even the people that are being are being projected as role models, have not got anything to model to for us. Apart from they have been make, made iconic to represent something to lead a whole generation astray. But thank God that you are a different generation. Thank God a, a new breed, a new breed is arising. And so he says that, so you younger, be subject, you remember Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and 29, or potentially um, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. He says, In the last days I pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream. dreams. And your young men. God uses both the old and the young. But there must be, a, the relationship must be appropriate. Bible calls the young one, he said, young men. Guys, he says, submit yourself to the, old, uh, uh, the older. Submit yourself to the older. It is necessary. Any community, any society where young people respect old, uh, the elder people, the young people tend to live longer and achieve better. <laughs> yeah, so please, mark it. Just do a research and you find out. That a, a, a community where younger people don't respect the old people, the, the, the younger people never achieve better than the older one, most of the times. So, it says that, likewise, in the same way, in what, in what way? The way the elders are focusing on God and doing the work of God and feeding the flock of God, overseeing them and uh, serving as overseers, and feeding the flock and serving as overseers, and not for material monetary gain or for flimsy reasons, but submissively doing it to the glory of God, expecting, knowing that the, the chief shepherd is coming. He said, in the same way, 
you to submit. So you should be submitting knowing that you are doing this because there is a reward ahead and the chief shepherd is also coming. Submit you like likewise ye younger. Uh, submit yourself to the older. Yea, all of you, all ye, all ye, all, all of you be subject. One to another. Now, permit me to just pause. Have you noticed how much this word submissive or subjection, being subjection, submissive, submit, has appeared in this book of suffering? Suffering by says submit. In chapter 2, verse 1, sorry, verse um, 13, it talks about how we should be subject to authorities. So it said, therefore, submit yourself, yourself to every ordinance. That's authority. Submit. Then in verse 18, it talks about how servants submit yourself to your masters. Submit, be submissive to your masters. And in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Wives, whoa, be submissive to your own husbands. Then in verse 5, it says that this is how the, the old, the, uh, the former time, for the holy women, watch, this is very important. For, for in this manner, in former time, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves. Being, that's how they are done. They are done themselves, being submissive to their own. There's such a, there's such, there's something in the, in the context of marriage, okay? There is something glorious and adorable in the context of marriage about a submissive wife. I didn't say woman, wife. A wife, a wife, a wife, a wife, not a girlfriend. The wife. The wife. A lot of people are ready to be wives. They don't want to be wives, but they are not ready to be wife, wifely material. I mean, in the same way, some a lot of guys want to be husbands, but they are not ready here at this. A balance, isn't it? Is it not so? Yeah. So somebody who is just a bit of uh, a bit sensitive, be, be, be at peace and at ease. All right. So he spoke to the wives. Be submissive. So he spoke to all of us, authorities. Then he goes on to servants. Be submissive to your, uh, 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 your wives, submit to your husbands. Then he comes to, um, to chapter 5 here, verse 5. He says that young people be submissive to older, the older ones. Then he says that, in fact, all of you, just like first Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. All of you. He said, let each one be subject, submitting to one another in the fear. That's how you should do it. We, that's Christianity. So I submit to you, you submit to me, we submit to one another in the fear of God. All of you. Saint so Peter said, all of you be subject to one another. Whether you are a bishop, you are a pope, you are, you are a prophet, you are a pastor, you are an apostle, you are a, 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 a reverend, most reverend. You, you are just um, a deacon or just someone who has just joined or a, a, the church or you are in the department. You're, whoever, every one of us is supposed to be subject one to another. And it is not, watch, watch this. This is very important. I'm about to make a point here. It, it, it's not something that comes naturally. We have to be, in, we have to be intentional about our being in subjection. It's intentional. How do you do that? By the way, he said, likewise, ye elders. So by keeping your eye on the greater good and the purpose of God and the love of God, the love for God. So 
ye all, ye, ye, all of you be subject one to another. Now it's going deeper. It's going, it's getting interesting. So submit. And then he said that clothe yourself with humility. Didn't say God will do that for you. Clothe. Now those days, now that's the, that, that, that um, word, clothe, all right, it's, or the phrase, clothe yourself. It's a, it's a slave language. I'll explain what I mean by slave language. Those days, slaves had a particular um, garments they wear. Or when you go to a big house where the servants were there, slaves were serving. When a slave is serving, they have the apron they wear. So it's like a slave apron. You can't go to your master's uh, tables. Uh, he has guests you're going to serve. You, you can't be put on your slave clothes. You can't be walking in the house without your slave clothes. <laughs> wear your slave clothes to show everybody sees, oh, that's a slave. That's a slave. And guess what? The Bible says that you too put on slave clothes. So the way slaves will put on their cloth with humility, sorry, the way they will put on their cloth, you can easily identify a slave and one who is not a slave is like a uniform. In the same way, the Christian's uniform in the church, it says that clothe yourself with humility. Humility. That's it. So this is different from subject. Okay, submit. This is humility. Humility is not like you, you don't like yourself. It's not like um, you, um, you, uh, you, you know, you are basing yourself. No, humility is it's, it's more like you're, 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 you are not thinking about yourself. Yourself is not a focus. What needs to be done in others? Humility. So clothe yourself with humility, all of us. So let, let's look at the text again. It says that, Submit, uh, ye, all of you be subject one to another and clothe yourself with humility. If you, we don't clothe ourselves with humility, we can't be submissive. We can't be subject to one another. We have to clothe ourselves. It's like your identity. People must know you to be humble. Now, uh, that, that, is, that is very interesting because now we are going to uh, issues of humility. It's, it's, it's got, Sometimes it can, there can be a fine line between humility, humility and um, pride. Anytime you think you are humble enough, there's no clear sign that you are proud. There, okay, let me put it this way. There's no clear sign of pride than when a person thinks he's humble enough. <laughs> when I begin to think, God, look at what you are doing. Ask for me. I'm humble. Look, look at the way you guys. The way you are talking to me, I'm humble. Me, I'm humble. No, no, that's, that, that's the problem I'm talking about. That's the proud man talking. <laughs> clothe yourself with humility. There's no easy way to clothe ourselves with humility than to set our focus on God, his purpose, and his return. It helps us. So you, you that's why right in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it said, Therefore, um, seeing we are surrounded with so great cloud of witness, right? We should let, lay aside the weight that so in the sin that so easily. Every way and the sin that so easily and let's run with patience. Then the race that is said before verse twelve, verse, verse two says that looking unto Jesus. Uh, if you don't look unto Jesus, there the Christian life, you will always be making a lot of fleshly mistakes, fleshly mistakes that will keep setting you back, and it makes it makes you look like a phony Christian. It makes you look uh, like an uh, undignified Christian, or the word I used the other time, uh, honorable, honorable Christian. It it doesn't bring the 
honor of God that is supposed to, we are supposed to exude. It doesn't, it doesn't make it happen because it doesn't come naturally from us. It comes supernaturally from his spirit who is working from within out. So the Bible says that be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Ephesians chapter um, 3 verse 16 or somewhere there. Be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. You have, if you're a Christian, you have an inner man. Some translation use inward man. He's, he's inside you. Your inner man is the real you. And the Holy Spirit strengthens you with might. Or God strengthens you with might into your inner man or by his spirit. And so everything we can do for God or God can do through us or with us is a function or is on the platform of the workings of his spirit in our inner man. I think Paul puts it this way. Um, he said, I've received this ministry according to the effectual working of his power. I think Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. I believe it's verse 8. I, 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 from verse 7, yeah, but it's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. I, I've, been re I've received, me who am less than the saints, has this grace been given? I said, Wherefore I was made minister according to the, the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. Something is working inside me. And that's what makes me be able to do what pleases God, do what brings God glory. And watch this, watch this, watch this. That's what be able to make me clothe myself with humility. Hallelujah! See, most of us, when we think about Holy Spirit, come upon me. Sometimes it's easy to think about doing mighty works. To be seen, to be doing mighty work. A superwoman, a superman kind of Christian. Powerful. It's good. The Holy Ghost, like, like we saw in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They were doing mighty. But it, it had a positive and a direct correlation with their, their, their inward meekness. Their, their, you see, the more the Lord is using you, the humbler you become. If you are working with God, or let me put it this way. The more you work with God, the humbler you become, or the meeker. There is none other on earth who was as meek as Jesus. Even in the time of Moses, God said, God, God's record, God's testimony about, his witness about Moses was that there's no one meek as meek as Moses on the earth. <laughs> so when Aaron, Aaron and Miriam rose up and to speak against him, God defended him. He said, because there's no one as meek. He says that now the man Moses was very meek above all men which were, oh, this is a serious, brothers and sisters, this is a serious witness. I mean, this is a very serious statement that above all men which were upon the face of the earth, Moses was meeker, was very meek above all men. What? Oh, no wonder everybody says that. Moses said, even Jesus came to Moses said, Moses said, Moses said. The one God uses mightily or the one, is the one who has been working with God mightily. And the one who worked with God mightily is the one who manifests meekness mightily. And so, in the world, when a person is gifted, they become proud. But in Christ, the more gifted we are, the humbler we are. We show humility more. As I said in the, uh, one of the sessions, that the, the, the gifts of God are on shelves, not one higher than the other. So the taller 
you grow, you keep picking. When you get more gifts, you are growing taller, you are getting more, you are picking more. No, no, no. The gifts of God are on shelves, one lower than the other. So the more gifts you are getting, the, the humbler you are, you keep going low and you are, you are collecting more, you are collecting more. I've got the, I've, by God's grace, I've got the privilege, privilege of being around certain great men of God. Some I lived with them, and some at this moment I still have a certain level of relationship with, personal relationship with, I meet them, I can talk to them. And the greater the men of God are, the, the meeker, the meeker, the humbler. So the more you walk with God, the more you become meek. Do you know why? Because pride is worse than cancer. <laughs> pride is dangerous for anyone who go any far in God. Pride. The first sin in the, in the universe, the first sin is pride. It is pride that turned Lucifer into Satan. <laughs> pride will turn any beautiful, a beautiful Lucifer into an ugly Satan, a wicked devil. Pride. Pride is what made Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden. Pride. They wanted to be like God. Oh, you know, I'm very bored. But, and so Bible says that God, let's, 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 let's get into the text. It says that clothe yourself. So wear it like your garment. Wear it like your garment. For why should I do that? Pastor, but why? Now, before I go to the why, in those Greco-Roman era, the Greeks, their philosophy, their national philosophy, which was the pervading philosophy in those days, was that the Greeks, if you are not Greek, you are barbarian and you are not important. So Greek, if it is not natural to show humility. No, they humble their victims, people who they have, they have conquered in war. Was when they go for battle and go for what they are coming, they parade them and like slaves. Hey, you, you are nobody. And so when that's how, I mean, when you are a, 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 a prisoner of war, you truly don't have rights. And generally, the places they've conquered, if you are not a citizen, if you are not a Roman citizen, you don't matter. You don't matter. They can treat you anyhow, you know. So those days, it is not, watch this, those days, it wasn't, virtuous, like a virtue, something to feel good about when you talk about someone being humble. What, for what? It's almost like someone being very poor in our times. So if you're very poor, what, 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 what is beautiful about being poor? In those days, what is beautiful about being humble? You can't, you can't. Then Peter writes and he says, clothe yourself with humility. Ha! I've come to church. I should clothe, clothe with all the suffering. I should clothe. No, I, should, I should take a subservient role and submit myself. That is the Christian calling. That is the Christian. That's why you see, it takes the Holy Spirit. It takes the, because none of us, none of us, no human being is above the propensity of behaving differently. Even doesn't matter how long you have been a Christian. None of us. So every now and then we have to be sober and be vigilant. We have to be sober and be vigilant. We have to be aware of ourselves and put in effort. Now watch this. He says. So in that context, he was telling the people, I mean, why, why would he tell his congregation to be humble? In, in, in an era where humility wasn't a virtue, but in God, it's always been a virtue. I spoke about Moses. Jesus was very meek. And the Bible says that. So clothe yourself with humility. Watch this. But why should I do that? Why? Why? Tell me a reason why. He said, I'll tell you. No problem. I'll tell you. Said, yeah, all of you be subject one to another, uh, one to another, and 
one to another, that tells you within the context of the church, okay? One to another, one another. The church life is an, a community life. But I, I, I don't have time to go further into that. But said, enclose yourself with humility. Why, why, why? For, for God resists the proud. Once you operate in pride, you be, you, 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 you be, be like you are um, um, in, in a warfare with God or you are, you are contrary. You, you, you go and stand in God's firing line. That's, that's. Now, that word resist there, the Greek word resist connotes an, a, a military resistance. Yeah, military resistance. That's the word resist that the Bible used. Military resistance. In fact, the, the, the word is military resistance. And Bible says that <laughs> God resists the proud. This is a serious one. All right. So it says that God gives grace to the humble. Let, let me, uh, the, um, the Greek word, I want to mention the Greek word and tell you that. The Greek word for the resist is antitasomia. 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 Very interesting. <laughs> that it means that to, to range to range in battle against, to oppose oneself, to oppose oneself or resist. So anti-Tasumaya is to, uh, to range in battle against. Now, God ranges in battle. It's like, he's fight God. Will f you see, if God is fighting you, how can you succeed? How can you do well? It's a serious thing. A lot of people don't know. There are people, is it possible that there are some of us in church and at times we put ourselves in firing line uh, in, in, God's, in the line of God's resistance. And God is resisting you. And you are, you're also asking a pastor to pray for you. <laughs> the pastor is praying in the name of Jesus. In the, I'm but God is resisting you. God is resisting you. It's there. So God, he resists. He, he resists the proud. What? He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You want to receive grace? God gives grace to the humble. He res God, God resists the proud. James chapter 4, verse 6 says the same thing. Said God resists the proud. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud by gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34, it talks about, I like that one, you know. Proverbs 3, verse 34, it says, Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace. I see you receiving grace. I see you receiving grace. Pastor, pray for me for grace, please, please. He says God gives grace to the humble. Sometimes it's not even a, a, a prayer topic. Okay? Sometimes it's not a prayer topic. He mentions grace here in the verse 1, chapter 1, verse 2, 1 Peter. He mentions grace. We have been saved by grace. Okay? Uh, I, 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 we, it talks about the grace that saves us. We have been saved. Grace to you. When he was greeting, how we have been saved. And he said grace to you. Uh, grace to you and peace be multiplied. So he mentions grace. And then he goes on to talk about the um, chapter 4, verse 10, about how um, um, each one of us has received, let's minister, according to the multiple, multifarious grace, that's multi, uh, manifold grace, many-sided grace. grace. Grace is a very com complicated, it has different aspects. And then chapter 5, verse 10, it talks about the God of all grace. You know, and then chapter 1 verse 13 talks about how we should hope for the grace that is yet to be revealed. He keeps mentioning grace, mentioning grace, mentioning grace, mentioning grace, mentioning grace, mentioning saving grace, 
mention grace to be revealed, mention functioning grace. We have been given gifts according to the grace of God and mentioning that God actually is the God of all grace. All grace. Now in chapter 5, verse, four, verse 5, he's talking about God actually resists the proud but gives grace. It's the God that gives grace. Pride is a problem. Pride is a problem for your Christian work. Pride. Pride is the, uh, someone puts it this way, pride is the only sickness. Pride is the only sickness that affects everybody but the one who is carrying the sickness. <laughs> it doesn't affect you. It affects everybody. Pride will dis disqualify you or deny you access into greatness. Pride. And every believer must work on clothing ourselves with humility. Every believer. Once you're a believer, it's, it's, I mean, it's just Christian. It's just Christian to clothe yourself. This is humility. Clothe yourself with humility. It's just Christian. It's just Christian. Wear humility. So wear cloth of humility. Cloth. Wear it. Clothe yourself. Your upper, your, your, your attire, your presentation must be that of hum a humble presentation. That must depict humility. God help us all. <laughs> so, um, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And in Psalm 138, verse 6, the Bible talks about the proud. Very interesting. He resists the proud. Though the Lord be high, yet he has respect for the lowly. That word lowly there is the humble. Okay, yeah. New translation. But he keeps his distance from... Can you imagine? God keeps... You, let's say a person is proud. <clears throat> Arrogance. Pride. And he's praying, oh God, I need your help. I know you will help me. Uh, he keeps... Bible says he keeps his distance from the proud. Then in Peter, he said he actually resists like an army. Uh, army resists. Military resistance against the proud. If God is resisting a person, how can, where, 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 how can you move forward? How can you move forward when God is resisting you? Can I, Pastor, I have a question. Can a person be a Christian and be resisted by God? Yes, this is talking to Christians. God himself will resist you. Let's clothe ourselves with humility. The Bible says that he keeps his distance from the proud. Jesus said, learn of me, Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Matthew, come unto me, 28, all you who... Uh, labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Then the verse 29 says that, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Why? I am gentle and lowly in heart. That, that phrase, is humble. you're talking about humility. I'm low. Jesus said, I am humble in heart. <laughs> I am humble. Learn of me. I am. Learn of me. So sometimes when you look at, when we, we, we observe ourselves as Christians, you should, we should be wondering, right, who are we learning from? My brother, may I ask Sometimes you can even learn from a bad church culture. Bad church culture because a sleeping church can allow the flesh to reign. The way the church in Laodicea, no, sorry, uh, uh, Titeria, allowed Jezebel to start teaching. Can you imagine? In those days, women were not allowed to teach. Women were not allowed. Let alone a woman is teaching, and it's not like teaching normal. He's teaching things that are contrary to the scripture. Wow, the wildest thing. The Bible said, he taught, he taught my servants to commit fornication. Hey! <laughs> and they tolerated it. 
Can you imagine? Never they have a peace against you because you allowed the, the King James says allow. But one of the verses I think is you tolerate, I think um American standard version. So you tolerated, you tolerated, you are becoming too tolerant. <laughs> it's not everything you should tolerate. Say thou suffereth. One of the versions, I think maybe maybe amplify or something. It uses the word you tolerate. Because thou suffereth. Thou allow, you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication. Are you allowing it? Because the church was sleeping. The church has become so worldly, had become so worldly. When the church becomes worldly, anything at all can enter. So listen, none of us is immune from being worldly or being carnal and being fleshly or fleshy. Fleshly or fleshy in our our behavior within the church or in our, our living, even though we are born again, unless we choose to live from the strength of the Spirit and be on guard. Also, unless we are on guard, and none of us is immune. So, until we allow that. So, sometimes you can be learning, watch this, my brother. There are times you can be learning from bad church leadership culture, church leadership model. Where maybe the, 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 in, in this generation or that generation or that institution, you no know, church leaders are like, you know, they are very, they are almost like oh, no Christians. So long as the subject of uh, the virtues or the virtue of humility is, is concerned. And we can be learning. Jesus said, learn from me. Learn. If we don't clothe ourselves with humility, he said, you, are, you actually have not learned from me. Because he said, learn from me for I'm lowly. I'm lowly in heart. And when David sinned against God in Psalm 51, he says that you, you, what you like is not sacrifice. You want a broken and a contrite spirit. You will not reject a broken and a contrite spirit that is broken, that is actually contrite, very humble, that is, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. That is why none of us should come towards the things of God, towards church, with a very haughty spirit. The sacrifice of God. Let's read that. The sacrifice of God. Please put it back on the screen. Psalm 51. The sacrifice of God are of a broken spirit and a, uh, and a, broken, and a, a, a broken and a contrite heart. These, oh God, you will not despise. You will not despise. Sometimes that is why sometimes troubles and sorrows tend to help us in our work with God. Because when we get proud, some challenges come away, we run to God. Like the uh, drama we just watched. My Daniel, my Daniel. This church, 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 church. Hey, my Daniel. Until trouble hit. And so, can you please pray for me? Oh, my God, you know that. Yeah, sometimes problems. But you see, we don't have to wait for problems. We rather have to conform to God's word by the strength. We can't do it in our strength. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. We have to do it, chapter 3, verse 14. Chapter 4, verse 13. Yes, 4, verse 13. <laughs> Sorry. We have to do it in the, in the strength of the Spirit. In the strength of the Spirit. So, back to that. For God resists... <laughs> that thing is... Is it not scary? For God resists the proud. Hey, this is scary. Resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Then it goes on to verse 6. Let me finish there. It says, humble yourself therefore. Then he uses, ah, I like this one, under the mighty, those days in the Old Testament, when they say, they say mighty hand, he's talking about the man of war, man of victory. He said you should under, uh, uh, 
Humble yourself under the mighty hand. In other words, when you are doing it, not because of people, not because of circumstances, but because God, ye likewise, your focus is on the chief shepherd. Your focus is on God. And as you humble yourself under his mighty hand, hand of the surgeon. And here, Bible said, humble yourself under the mighty hand. Hallelujah. Under the, trust God. That's what it means. Trust God. As you go, that's why it says that the holy women in chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, verse 5 particularly, it says that the holy women submitted themselves. Trust, who trusted in God? They had done themselves. Being, they were able to do it because they trusted in God. So he said, humble yourself under the, not under the church, church authority, but much more under the mighty hand of God. You are doing it to church, in church. You are doing it in your relation with other believers. You are doing it in your relation with other people because you know you are trusting God. You are, you are submitting yourself. You are un, under the uh, humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. And guess what? He said, <laughs> hallelujah. I feel like shouting hallelujah about this. And he, God, that he may exalt you in due season, in due time. He will. In due time. Talking about time, not in due eternity. In due time. He will exalt you. He will promote you. If you want God to promote you, you humble yourself. Humility is so powerful. Humility will bring you grace. It will bring you exhortation. God will lift you. God will give you grace. He gives, he, he actually distributes, he donates, <laughs> let me put it this way. He donates grace to the one who is humble. So it doesn't matter how people make of you or think of you and how they think because of your humility, they think you are weak. Don't worry. If it's genuine humility, which is doing it God's way and giving the credit to Christ. When you think you're humble enough, that's the sign of pride. That's the sign of pride. May God help us to be broken in his word and be willing to condescend. Who for the Bible says that um, he, he, became, he did not count it robbery, equality of God, robbery, to something to hold on to, but humbled himself, even to the Philippians chapter 2 from verse 7. He humbled himself, even became obedient to the point of the, the, even death on the cross. King James says, wherefore? Wherefore, therefore, wherefore, because of this, God has also highly. You see the word also, don't ignore it. If someone did something, so God to say, this is what I'll do. That's what he's telling us, that humble yourself under the mighty of God. And he, see, and he, that he, so that he. So when you do it, he will also do it. When you humble yourself, he will, he will be the sponsor of your lifting. He will sponsor your elevation. I see God helping us all, and I see you rising. In the mighty name of Jesus. Well, Isaiah 57, verse 15. Isaiah 57, verse 15. Thank you, Jesus. It says that, For thus says the, the, thus says the high, the lofty one, that's talking about God, that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in high and holy, uh, holy place. With him, um, with him also that, that is of a contrite and a humble spirit. So he said, I dwell in high and lovely place, a lofty place. He I, 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 said, I dwell in high and holy place. And I also dwell with him who is of a contrite and a humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble. And to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Brothers and sisters, God takes it personal and gets involved in your life when you embrace the virtue of humility. And actively, don't pray, God, make me humble. No, he said you should humble yourself. 
is there. Say, humble yourself under the mighty. So it's not like God. Humble. You take on the servant nature, the servant position, subservient position for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of his name. You take it on. Say, humble yourself. Don't be praying, God, humble me. God, make me humble. Make me humble. God doesn't make people humble. People must humble themselves. <laughs> Take obey God's word. And Bible said he, he dwells with those who are humble. He dwells with those who are humble to exalt them. Those who are of contrast. That scripture is very powerful. Isaiah chapter 56 and 57 verse 15. It said, for thus says the Lord, the lofty one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in high and holy places. With him also that is of a contrite and a humble spirit. What, what to revive? Wow! The spirit, the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart. God is. God will not leave you alone. He will help you. He will revive you. You will never be put to shame. You will never be put to shame as you walk with God in humility. Well, I got to end here. And I pray God give us all the grace to be humble, to walk in humility, to serve him and, and shun pride and watch, be vigilant against pride and Move, move away from prideful heart and prideful attitude. Sometimes, not actions, but our attitude can be prideful. Proud attitude. Proud actions. But he just gives grace and he stays with the humble to revive them, revive their spirit. May God add his blessing to the teaching of his word. I pray you receive something and we will be able to live with it and see the elevation of God and the grace of God multiply upon our life. In, in dimensions that human understanding cannot, cannot articulate. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.